0: All right. Hey, welcome to church today. My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. I want to thank everybody for coming. I want to thank everybody who's watching us right now on Facebook live and who's going to watch us throughout the week on our website from all over the world. Thank you for staying connected and I pray you're blessed by this message. How are you guys doing this morning? Awesome. Hey. Real quick, a quick shout out to everybody that came last night to Elitch's to support our worship team and my five-minute message. Hey, thank you so much for being such a supportive community. Uh, Man, it was just, we we felt the love last night and it was an awesome time to just be together and and to worship together, all right? Hey, uh, today we're going to talk about something that we think about a lot, right? As, As you saw from the bumper video Money. Okay, we're going to talk about money, and today you're like, Pastor, I brought a friend, and you're talking about money. You never talk about money. Listen, it's going to be a good message, okay? People are going to give their life to Jesus today, even when we talk about money, okay? So just relax, okay? It's going to be good. Um, hey, real quick, I want to give us a quick update before we get into God's Word on one of our projects, uh, our Miracle Motion projects, and that was the renovation of our cafe area. And so I don't know if you've ever, I'm sure you have watched the HDTV shows, right? And what they can do in 45 minutes is spectacular, right? <laughs> and so, you know, we thought we could do the same thing. We're like, well, just take out all the poles, right? And we'll just open it up. And and then you realize you bring in somebody that actually knows what they're doing. And they're like, it's $10,000 to, to put a beam up. You know what I mean? It's like, We're not going to do that. You know what I'm saying? So so Mike helped us out. He's actually an architect, and and he drew up some plans for us so we could actually see what we could actually do. And so uh, we just really want to do well with this space. We don't want to do it over again. And so uh, we are moving towards renovations. Um, We finally figured out a plan. We're going to put a wall up. We're going to put a TV there. And we want it to be used as a uh, uh, multi-use space. Uh, for, for life groups throughout the week, but also here on Sunday. Just a great landing spot. Just a great connection spot that's comfortable. Also, we want to use it as a secondary option during the service. If you ever brought somebody new that's kind of sketched out by the big church experience, then they can hang out in the cafe and watch the service uh, and drink coffee. And so we are moving towards that. Uh, again, if you are a handyman or a carpenter um, and you want to volunteer your time and help some of the reno, because we're going to we're we're, we're going to take out that big bar there and and, and all that space to open it up. Um if you could sign up in the welcome center, uh we are we're getting close, okay? We're getting close to to renovating that space. All right? All right. Investing in your 401h. Investing in your 401h. Come on, let's pray and we'll get into God's word today. Father, we thank you for this moment. God, I thank you for every person that's in this room today, it is not by mistake that they're here, God. You've got a purpose. You've got a plan for them today, Lord. God, open our hearts, open our minds today to the wisdom of your word. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen. We are going to jump right into the book of Matthew, and these are the words of Jesus. Am I a little hot this morning? Do I sound a little loud? Can you turn me on a little bit? I feel like I'm muffled. Okay. All right. How about now? Well, that's that's better. No, maybe. Okay, let's do it. Um. Hey, and, and we're gonna be talking about the words of Jesus, and Jesus talked more about money than he did heaven and hell. And we're gonna see today that money, man, money has the power to lead us away from the will of God, and so that's why Jesus talked about it so much. Let's get into it. Matthew six. Verse 19, Jesus says this, he says, don't store up your treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Okay, so let's take a moment. Jesus contextually, Jesus is speaking to a crowd that values two things. They value dyed cloth and precious metals. What's funny to me is that we fast forward 2,000 years and we still value those things, right? We, we value cloth, we value clothes, and many of us get new clothes all the time, right? And precious metals. Most of us own a vehicle that is made of metal. And so even though Jesus is talking to a crowd 2,000 years ago, it is still relevant to us today. All right, let's continue. Jesus says this in verse 20. He says, store your treasures in heaven, he says, store your treasures in your 401H. Now, your 401k is good. Your 401k is good, but it can lose money. Okay, your 401H does not. That's why Jesus is saying, invest your 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 treasure in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy, thieves do not break in and steal. Look at this. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. If you could just leave up that passage for a moment, Jason. What Jesus is doing here is he's redefining what treasure is. He's redefining what treasure is. He's saying, look, man, when when you so care about material things and possessions, look, moths can eat them, rust can destroy them, people can come in and actually steal your stuff, then what do you have? He's redefining what treasure is. And if you've been here for a while, you've heard me say this, and here's the struggle with us and God. We are what's called finite beings, which means we are trapped inside of time, okay? And we serve a God who is infinite, which means he is outside of time, okay? And so Jesus is trying to reframe what we should be investing in on an eternal landscape. He's trying to get us to focus on eternity. And then we see this last sentence here. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. What Jesus is stating here is he's saying that there is a spiritual connection between our heart and what we treasure. There is a spiritual con- there is an attachment between our heart and our treasure. Listen, I can tell what you desire, I can tell what you care about by your credit card statement, by your, your bank account. I can tell the things that you desire, the things that you like to do by your bank account. And, and what Jesus is saying is there's an attachment between your heart and your, your treasure. And so he's trying to reframe what treasure is and what we should be focusing in on, our 401H, investing in eternal things. This next uh, passage that, that that we're going to read uh, is in the, the book of Malachi. We're going to be reading uh, the book of... Uh, uh, Malachi, and uh, what's, what's so interesting about the book of Malachi is that many scholars believe that it is actually Jesus speaking. Uh, but before we get to this, I, I want to finish this, this, this passage that, that Jesus continues. Now remember, he is still talking about money, okay? Some of you are like, is he still talking about money? Yes, he's still talking about, contextually, he's still talking about money. Let's read it, uh, verse 22 and 23. Jesus says this, your eye is a lamp, that provides light for your body. Still talking about money, okay? He hasn't changed the subject. Your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. Because what, what do we see with our eyes? And when we see things that we want, right, that's what, when we possess them, right? That, that's when we, we go and we purchase things, when we see things with our eyes and we like them. And Jesus says, your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light, but when your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. Still talking about money. He's saying, man, when your focus is on material things, when, when your focus is on possessing uh, stuff and, and getting more money, and, and you're, you're so focused by temporary things, man, it, it, it affects who you are. It affects your body. Look at this. Look at this next passage. And he says, and if the light you think you have is actual darkness. So if you think that you're investing in good things, if you think that that, that you're investing uh, in good things in your life and you're not, and you're not, Jesus says this, how deep that darkness is. Exclamation point. Like Jesus is, is passionate about talking about money. He's passionate about what money can do. He knows that that money has a lot of power and it can actually lead you away from the will of God whether you don't have enough money, right? And you have to steal and do things illegally to kind of survive or you have too much money and money becomes your God and and it's basically money you trust, right? Instead of God, God becomes a secondary option. Money becomes the first option. Some of you are like, I would like to try that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would like to experience too much. I would like to have an opportunity, right? But but, man, having too much money can lead you away from the purpose and the plan that God has for our lives. All right. Jesus continues. Verse 24. And this is, this is serious. Now, now listen, I want to warn you, okay? I want to warn you this morning. We're going to go into some deep spiritual things in a moment, okay? So buckle up. All right, like we're going to go into, this is a deep spiritual message as far as talking about money, okay? Because this is the way that Jesus talked about money. All right, look at this. He says, no one can serve two masters. No one can serve two masters. And we'll we'll come back to that passage in a moment. For you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Okay, okay. Let's look at that first sentence. No one can serve two masters. Okay. In in, in different translation, in other translations, uh, Jesus says, you can't serve two gods. And, and a better translation, a better word that God actually, that Jesus actually uses here is that you cannot serve God and mammon. And, and mammon is a Hebrew word. And, and why is it important to know that that's the actual word that Jesus uses? The reason is, is because there is a, a huge spiritual connection to uh, that word mammon. And where did mammon come from? Mammon came from the Babylonians. The Babylonians uh, were a people that had many different gods. They, they, They created many different gods. And one of the gods that they created was the god of mammon. And they re- erected this, this big golden idol to uh, to this god. They would worship this god. They would come and sacrifice to this god. They would pray to this god that this god would, would bless their finances, would bless their crops, would bless their children. And, and so they, they, they created this god called mammon. And because they created this god called mammon, there was a demonic spirit that attached itself to this, this, this thing called mammon. And it, 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 today, there's a spirit of mammon on our money. You see, our forefathers knew this, and that's why they put in God we trust on our money. They knew about the spirit of, of mammon, and that's why, God, that's why Jesus is getting so serious about money. He says, you cannot serve God, and you cannot serve this, this, this fake God called mammon, this demonic spirit called mammon. Okay, so how do we make sure that this spirit is not on our lives? How how do we make sure that uh, this spirit is broken over our homes and our finances? Well, to give you a better illustration, to to, to allow you to understand this spirit a little bit more, it's broken down into three things, okay? There's three things that make up uh, the mammon spirit, and the first one is pride. The first one is pride. Pride does not acknowledge God as the provider. This man, this was me, okay? This was me. I had this issue with tithing, with, with, with giving to the church. I had the spirit of pride. And and just like both of my boys, when they were two years old, they, they learned this word um, and they kept saying it over and over again. And that word was mine, 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 right? Everything was theirs, right? And, and, and man, this is what the spirit of pride uh, does not acknowledge as God as the provider for you. Basically, you say, man, I earned that money. It, it is mine. I, wor- I worked 40 hours. I worked 50 hours this week. I went to work. And so, this, the money that I make is mine. For me, the moment that that light switch went on was the moment that I realized, man, I, I have a spirit of pride in me. And, and this was the game changer for me, and, and I hope it's a game changer for you today, understanding that nothing is ours. Understanding that literally nothing is ours. We own nothing, and God owns everything. And some are like, oh, wait a minute. You know, I, I went to college. I went to school, and, and I did this. Listen, that brain that's in your skull, God gave you that brain. And he gave you the ability to learn and do. He gave you the ability to get up and go to work every day. God gave you that ability. Listen, I'm telling you, this is the game changer for you. Understanding that we don't own anything and that we are nothing more than stewards of what God has blessed us with. And this is for everything in our lives. So, So God has blessed me with a wife, not my wife. She's actually a daughter of God. She is a daughter of the king, and God has given her to me to help lead her and do life together and love her the way that Jesus loves the church. God, I have two kids. They're not my kids. They're they're actually God's kids, and he's given me the privilege to be their dad and to raise them the way Jesus would raise them into mighty men of God. See, nothing nothing I have is my, and this is a game changer, when you understand that you're just a steward of what God has given us. Even our bodies are not our own, right? Come on, this is good news for some of you today. Come on, when we die, the body returns to the earth, and we get new bodies when we go to heaven. Come on, somebody. No more arthritis when you, you know, no more pain when you get out of bed. We're nothing more. Been stewards what God has blessed us with right and 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 here's a, a word that I want us to get used to, to to saying it's not that we give to God but we're returning' we're re, we get to return what's already he, His. is we're, we're going to talk about the tithe that, that that's 10% in a moment and and the reason why it's a percentage is so everybody can be blessed okay God wants everybody to have the opportunity to to be blessed, whether you make a hundred bucks a week or a hundred thousand dollars a week, it's still 10%. Okay, and we're just returning to God what is already His. And let me tell you, God can bless, man, He can do more with a 90 blessed than you can do with your 100. Let me tell you. And so when we return, man, the spirit of pride is broken. When we realize that we're nothing more than stewards of what God has blessed us. With, alright, the second thing that makes up this, this, this mammon spirit is the spirit of greed. Greed makes us hold everything tight and even crave more, right? It makes you hold on to everything. You don't let anybody borrow anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, you hold on to everything tightly and, and you, nothing satisfies you. You always want more. You always want more. You want to make more money an hour. You 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 want to you you need a bigger house you you need a better car you you always you're never satisfied you're never content where God has you and you always want more and you just you just kind of hold on to everything kind of like Scrooge McDuck you know remember that that show Ducktales you know and and he's like swimming in coins like he just he's so great he just holds on to everything and man when we return to what is already God's it breaks the spirit. Of greed. Man, when we become generous people for God, it just breaks that spirit of greed. The third thing that makes up the spirit of mammon is the spirit of poverty. The spirit of poverty is ashamed of the blessings of God and ends up wasting them. And, and let me give you an example. Okay? A couple of weeks ago, I, I told you to start praying specifically. And maybe some of you today were like, Pastor, I need a car. And I've been praying specifically for a brand-new Mercedes-Benz. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've been, I've been diligent, Pastor. You know, come on, Jesus. Brand-new Mercedes. Babe. You know, maybe even a convertible. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe even a convertible, Jesus. And, and God's blessed you with a 2009 Toyota Corolla. And you're like, really, God? This is what you blessed me with? And, and you're ashamed to tell people, and, and you're ashamed to drive it, and, and, and so what ends up happening, because you're ashamed of the way that God is providing for you, and the way that God is blessing you, you end up wasting the blessings of God. And maybe you're this person today, or you know somebody, we know some people that are bro- always broke as a joke, they're always asking to borrow money, but they got brand new sneakers on, you know what I'm saying? They got the brand new J's on, you know what I'm saying? Like... I thought you needed money for your electric bill. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it, and it ends up this cycle. There's this spirit of poverty. It's this, just cycle. And maybe their parents weren't good with money and their grandparents weren't good with money. And there's just this cycle of poverty that's just over and over and over again. And when God blesses them, they, they, they don't thank God as God, as the provider, but they're ashamed of the way that God blesses them. And in turn, they end up wasting the blessings of God. So this spirit of mammon, I mean, it's real. And man, Jesus is so specific about it, right? That you can't serve both. You can't serve both. Jesus actually references Satan as the God of this world. And so Jesus is like saying, hey, you you can't love both gods. You've got to pick one and 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 the way we break this spirit of Mammon over our lives, God has given us a system. Come on, He is so good that he 's given us a system of a way to make sure that the spirit of Mammon is not on our money and is not in our lives, and that system is a system of returning tithe and offering to God. This is the way that it just breaks that spirit of Mammon and I talked about this earlier this 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 passage in Malachi, and many scholars believe that this is actually Jesus speaking. And the reason why they, they believe that this is Jesus speaking is the the description of who they say is talking. Um, it's either the Lord of Hosts, the Lord Almighty or the, 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 the uh, Lord of Heaven's Armies. The, the, the Lord of Heaven's Armies. And many scholars point to that phrase of saying, because in book of Revelation, Jesus is returning for us, and what is he doing? He's leading Heaven's Armies. And so scholars point to that reference to this passage and say, man, this is Jesus actually speaking to us. So let's read it. Malachi 3, 6 through 8. And I love this, because the Lord four times who is speaking because he wants to make sure that we don't get confused that it's not malachi that it's not some preacher that it is god himself that is speaking i the lord do not change come on that's good news okay so you the descendants of jacob are not destroyed okay so you don't die it's good that god doesn't change that he stays loving that he stays graceful that, he, that he's filled with mercy come on Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Look at this. Look at this. Here's that word. Return to me. Look at that. And I will return to you. Come on. How simple is that? Man, the moment we return to God, the moment he returns to me. And look at He says, this is me speaking, the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet." You rob me. I mean, like, this is, this is serious. Yet you rob me. But you ask, how, how are we robbing you, God? How are we robbing you? He says, in tithes and offerings. You're robbing me by not returning what is already mine. And I talked about this earlier, but the tithe is a tenth. Okay? It is 10% of all that you make. I give my tithe the first of every month. I get it direct deposited right out of my bank account because I want God to bless my finances before I pay my mortgage, before I pay my phone bill, before I pay Comcast. I want to make sure that God is first in my finances, and the Spirit of Mammon is broken over my life. In offerings, offerings is uh, what is over the 10%. So to missions, um, to, to different uh, organizations that, that are fighting sex trafficking or, or, or Red Cross, you know, whatever it is, your tithe does not go to volunteer organizations, okay? And I'm going to get to that in a moment. Let's read it. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Let, let's stop there for a moment. Now, this is God speaking to them in the Old Testament, all right? You are not under a curse, okay, if you do not tithe today, all right? Come on, that's good news, all right? Because Jesus is the curse bearer. He has broken every single curse. So when we have Jesus, he breaks every curse over our lives, okay? I just want you to be clear on that. This is what God says. He says, bring what? The whole tithe, the whole tithe into what? The storehouse that there may be food in my house. God is saying you need to bring the whole tithe into my church, my local church, so there can be spiritual food in my house so people can be spiritually fed. You see, this is the church was never man's idea. It was always God's idea of how to reach the world. We are called what? We're called the body of Christ. We're called the bride of Christ. Listen, guys, there is no other plan on earth. The plan is the church that we would go and reach people throughout the whole world. And let me tell you, God has vision and plans for this church that is beyond our imagination. He wants us to reach our city. He wants to reach, he wants us to reach our state. He wants us to reach the, reach the United States and the world. Okay. This is just the beginning of what God is doing here. And some of you today, you, I don't know if annoyed is the word, but you're like, we say the same prayer after every service, every single time. And the reason why you might get annoyed or bothered by that is because you've never brought somebody to this church that doesn't know Jesus. Because the moment you do, you're like, okay, pastor, come on. Come on, just say the prayer. Come on, don't let this be the week, you know, that you don't say it. Like I brought somebody that needs to hear it, you know what I mean? And when that person raises their hand, that changes you forever. Because that person has just went from dark to light. That person has just stepped into eternity. And that's what we're here for. that Man, that's why we give our tithes and offerings so there would be food in God's house so people could be spiritually nourished and go out and reach the world for Jesus. Look at this, look at this, look at this. Test me in this, says the Lord. It is the only place in Scripture that God says, test me in this. Test me in your money. Why? Because he knows that there is a spiritual stronghold connected to our money. He knows that there's a spiritual connection between our heart and our treasure. And so God ups the ante. And he says, test me in this. God does not say, test me in your health and eat a bunch of junk food and smoke a bunch of cigarettes and see that I won't heal you. No, he doesn't say that. He says, test me with your money. Test me in returning the tithe. And look at this, look at this. This is one of the greatest promises of all in the Bible. And, and I, can stand up, I can stand up here for an, uh, for an hour and just tell you how many supernatural testimonies that God has, has blessed me with financially. And, but here's the thing. I want you to experience it for yourself. And so does God. That's why he says, test me in this. Look at this. This is what he will do. And I and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Jay, if you can go ahead and put up the, the that picture. Okay, these are floodgates. And I want you to get this image in your head. That God, He almost it's almost like He wants to violently bless our lives. Like, like, I mean, look at look at how much water. It's rushing through those floodgates. Like, look, like we can't even imagine how much God loves us and, and wants to provide for us and wants to do miracles in our life. And he wants to do it in our finances. Because I'll tell you what, tithing is, is a faith journey with Jesus. Okay, man, it's just, man, it's just that next step in your faith with God, right? You, you, you trust God with your life, right? You, you trust God uh, with, with your relationships and your marriage. And, and, and then sometimes the ne- that next step is trusting God with your money. For me, that was the biggest one, okay? For me, that was the biggest step in, in, in trusting God with my whole life is trusting him with my finances. And just, I, w- I, want, you to, I want you to remember that picture this week. I want you to remember what God man, He wants to open up the floodgates over your life. Let, let's read the rest of that passage here. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe. You see, it's not just about money, okay? God wants to bless our whole lives. Says the Lord Almighty. There, there it is again. Then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. The apostle Peter calls the devil a, a roaring lion looking who he can devour. Satan is trying to devour your finances. He's trying to devour your health. He's trying to devour our lives. And man, when we put God first in our finances, Jesus himself rebukes the devourer over your life. Come on. That, that's, that is a good benefit that God wants to bless our whole lives. I want to. I want to end with this illustration. If I can have my, um, my willing. <laughs> they don't even know. They don't even know what I'm doing today. But for some of you, if you're like me, I need to see it, right? I need to. I, I need to to be able to learn something. I need to 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 see it. And I think we need to understand the depths of the kingdom of God. Okay, God is running a kingdom. And, and I think we 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 forget about that. And and God's goal is that everybody on earth, everybody on earth would be saved. Okay. Come on. What are you guys standing over there for? Come come right here in the middle. So you can be so you can be. Okay. Alright. Okay. I am getting ready to go on a trip for six months. Okay? And what I'm going to do, I'm I'm going to be away for six months. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give each one of these uh, people some money. Okay? And the only thing that I'm going to tell them to do is the first of every month, I want you to give 10% of whatever I'm giving you to my bride, to my wife, to make sure that she can provide for my kids, to make sure that, that they have everything that they need. Okay? So Aaron... Aaron, Aaron's pretty good with money. Aaron's pretty good with money, and so I'm going to give Aaron five thousand dollars a month. Okay, five thousand dollars a month, and uh, this is this is not real life. Okay, this is just this is just a story. Okay, uh, I'm going to give Aaron five thousand dollars a month. The only thing I'm asking is that the first of every month he gets five hundred dollars. Nate, Nate, I'm going to give Nate two thousand dollars a month. I'm going to give him two thousand dollars a month, and the first of every month he's going to give two hundred dollars. Uh, the, the only thing I ask is he gives $200 to my wife, Corey. I'm going to give a thousand dollars. I'm a little sketched out, you know. Listen, this is just an illustration. I don't know about her personal life. I'm going to give her a thousand dollars. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to trust her with a thousand dollars a month. And and the only thing I'm going to say is, Corey, make sure that the first of every month, a hundred dollars, a hundred dollars goes to my wife. So she can provide for my kids to make sure that they're healthy and they have everything they need. I leave for six months. I come back and I ask my bride, I ask my wife, babe, how'd they do? How did they do? The people that I entrusted a lot of finances with, how did they do? And she said, Aaron, man, Aaron, the first of every month, man, Aaron was right there with 500 bucks. The first of every month, man, he was so faithful. Every month, $500. Now, 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 Nate, Nate was excited about giving, right? Like he was excited about this opportunity, and so he was giving his two hundred dollars early. Like she said, man, sometimes on the twenty eighth, man, I would have that two hundred dollars, and he made sure that that man, our, our kids were provided for. Him. Now, Corey, Corey started out good, you know, man. First two months, there was the hundred bucks, you know, there was the hundred dollars. You know, uh the third month it came a little late and it was 75. The, the fourth month, the, the, the fourth month it was it was even later and it was forty-five dollars. The last two months we're still waiting. You know what I'm saying? Like we're still waiting. Now, as a logical entrepreneur, okay, who next time, my next trip, who Am I going to entrust with more? (laughs) Definitely the guy that gave on the first of every month. Definitely the person, man, who was excited to give. Corey. I don't, maybe, I don't know. Hey, thank you guys so much. are you understanding what I'm saying here today? You know, God says, if, if you can't steward little, how am I going to give you, you more? Like some of us aren't even stewarding what God has already blessed us with. And we're like, God, how come I'm not a CEO yet? And God's like, because you haven't steward the small, you're, you're an assistant manager and you're a terrible assistant manager. And so how am I going to ever get you to be a CEO if you can't steward the three employees that you have? Guys, this is how the kingdom of God works. He is such a generous God and he loves us so much and he's filled with so much mercy and he has unlimited resources at his disposal. But this is how he sees if we can be faithful. This is the test, right? It's, a, it's really a double-sided test. It, it's a test for us, but it's also, we're testing God. And that's what's amazing about it. Maybe today you, you, you've had big dreams in your life and, and big vision And you're just kind of stuck today. I would ask you, now what what does your finances look like? Are you putting God first? Are you returning the tenth of what's already his? Are you breaking that spirit of mammon, the spirit of pride and greed and poverty over your life? Jesus is really serious with it, but man, he's so good that he's given us a system to break that spirit off. And it's to return what is already His. Now, listen, if you don't tithe, it doesn't mean that you're not going to heaven, okay? But you're missing out. One of the greatest promises in all of Scripture. And this is why it's so hard for us, right? When we're writing that checkout, for some of us, we hear the voice, right? The devourer whispering, now that's a lot of money. can't believe you're doing that. It's it's, it's this faith walk. It's taking that next step of faith with God. Come on, don't don't delay. Just try it. Put God to the test and see that he will open the floodgates of heaven over your life and rebuke the devourer. Put God to the test. Amen. Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes today. Maybe you would say today, Pastor, I need to start with with giving my life to Christ. I have never given my life to Jesus. Or maybe you've drifted away from the truth and, and, man, you just need to recommit your life to God, recommit to following His ways. If that's you today, Every head bowed, every eyes closed. If that's you today, just slip up a hand. I just want to pray with you today. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Yeah, you can put your hands down. Thank you, God. And I just ask that we'd all repeat this prayer as we help those making the greatest decision of their life today. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on that cross. And I ask today that you would forgive me of all my sin, that you would come into my life, And be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will put you first. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give them a hand clap today. Heaven is rejoicing.